0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So good morning, everyone. (laughs) I was sitting over there this morning, and I startled this lady here when I rang the bell behind her ear. (laughs) So I publicly (laughs) apologize. I just wanted to see if everyone was awake. <laughs> I, I love the sound of the devil. It's kind of nice. I feel it actually going through you. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. It was, actually, it was, it was startling. It was really wonderful. <laughs> Good. Good. So um, it's really nice to be here with all of you again. And um, is anyone here today who wasn't here last week? Okay, so there's been a few of you, okay so um Andrea is out in Massachusetts, teaching the first half of the three month course out there, and I've been filling in for her for the last few weeks, and we've been talking about um, uh, how to set our meditations up um uh, different aspects of wisdom, how to cultivate different aspects of wisdom, and uh, then the importance of setting the meditation up so that we can actually um, practice how to cultivate these different aspects. So um, I just wanted to review a little bit about that, and then today I wanted to talk about uh, the practice of um, loving kindness or metta practice, and how that can be used in the same way that uh, the cultivation of breath meditation can be used as a anchor or a focus for the mind and uh, a skillful means in your meditation practice and then how it can spread out into your life. So just briefly, um, in terms of the breath meditation, I'm not going to say too much about that other than a few little techniques that I may or may not have mentioned to this group when I was here the last time uh, for how to use the breath meditation as an anchor or a focus. And is this not on? Can you can hear now? Okay, good. So um, when we use the breath as a focus um, to settle the mind there's different ways that we can um, find the breath and come back to the breath and the three most common ways um, are to simply know that you're breathing in and know that you're breathing out so you can use this technique of noting which I'm sure that you're all familiar with so as the as there's an awareness of an in-breath, you note in, and as you exhale, you note out. So, so the mind then drifts and wanders, and when you realize that it's drifted and wandering, you simply bring the attention back to the breath with this noting practice of in and out, in and out, as the breath arises and passes away. So that's one very simple um, technique. Another is to notice the uh, sensation of movement of the breath within the body. So you may notice the the belly rising and falling, or that you may feel the breath in the chest, or you may feel the breath in your throat, or at the nostrils, or Wherever it is that you feel the breath, what, what you're doing in this case is you're bringing your attention to the movement, to the awareness of the breath moving in the body. The mind wanders. You just come back to those sensations in the body. Is this clear? Does this make sense? Okay, that's the second technique. And then um, the third technique would be to use uh, the breath uh, as an anchor by counting breaths. So in this case, when you breathe in and breathe out, that would be one full cycle of breath. And at the end of the exhalation, you would count one. And then at the end of the next exhalation, two, and you could go up to eight or 10 or whatever number you wanted. Don't go any higher than 10, it gets too much. But one to 10 is fine. If you get lost at any point, you simply begin again. And so the idea is the mind will wander. We know that the mind is going to wander. If you just come back to the breath and you begin your count again, you are just training the mind to relax, to calm down, and so on and so forth. And it doesn't make any difference if you're thinking or if you're feeling strong emotions. The whole idea here is that you're anchoring the breath, or you're anchoring the mind uh, with a focus on the breath, and you're seeing what's going on in the mind, so you're beginning to see the habits of a mind that's undisciplined, the mind that drifts off, a mind that is just what it's like to be a human being. So this is what our minds do. But the more we're able to just move back to the breath as the focus, um, the more we begin to um, stabilize the mind or stabilize the attention and uh, eventually we begin to feel quieter and, and to calm down. And when we we are able to come down, then we have access to understanding and insight that we wouldn't, under other circumstances, be able to access because we're drifting around in our daydreams. So using the breath is a very, very powerful and effective um, tool. We can also use the breath um, in this same way by tying the breath to this wish of loving-kindness. And that's a little bit of what I wanted to talk about this morning. So, I just want to... So, um, do you all know what metta Is metta practice is the practice of loving kindness? Yes. Okay. So um, this practice of goodwill and friendliness is basically, it's another dimension of insight practice. And um, when we meditate and when we're trying to refocus the uh, the mind onto the breath or onto the metta wishes or phrases, um, we're actually um, teaching ourselves to be tolerant and patient. These qualities are being developed because <laughs> because we don't easily uh, settle down, or most of us don't so So meditation teaches us these beautiful qualities of patience and tolerance, and it shows us the importance of these qualities because. I don't know about you, but for me, I'll try to you know, practice the focusing of the mind, and I can really get impatient with myself. I can really get unkind towards myself, um, and not even realize that that's happening. So the more I meditate, the more I see what's going on, the more I see the need and the purpose, and the role of patience and the more I'm able to sort of allow that quality to arise and take root in me. So um, this, this practice of loving kindness and this practice of learning to be patient and tolerance, um, actually it, it creates a wish within me to be more friendly and caring towards myself and towards other people. So it just naturally inclines you in that direction. And I wanted to say something here for those of us who don't necessarily take to the phrases so easily, as though that's going to make us somehow feel um, friendly and and loving. It's more about the wish that's under that phrase. It's more about cultivating an attitude. It's more about actually using your imagination. So you don't necessarily, any more than we can sit down and then suddenly just switch gears and start to think or start to focus on our breath immediately, which is what we talked about last week. We can't just say, may I be happy and may I be well and think that everything else is going to go away. All the other constellation of experiences and thoughts and f- and feelings that we are having that, that doesn't necessarily just drop. But slowly we begin to cultivate a wish and an attitude that's more friendly and caring. And this is what's important. So we begin to see that through meditation we can actually um, realistically cultivate this attitude of goodwill. We can purposely and intentionally cultivate um, an attitude of friendliness, loving kindness, and goodwill. So what I said a little bit earlier um, in terms of tying this practice to the breath, I, I found this as an interesting technique and one of my monastic teachers uh, teaches it in this way and um, it's to focus our attention on the breath itself and to use the breath as a means of spreading the loving-kindness and goodwill Uh, we do this first to ourselves and then to others so um, this is a kind of an active visualization and uh, use of imagination. So the last couple of weeks, we talked about seeing things just as they are. This is a um, sort of a, more of a, a Vipassana style <laughs> meditation, but the loving kindness here that, we're, that I'm talking about this morning, and to cultivate it in this way, we're gonna actively use our imagination rather than just meeting things the way they are we're going to use our imagination to imagine that within the breath are these beautiful qualities of friendliness and loving kindness so you can actually begin to visualize your breath as being light or warm rays of light something like that and um as you breathe in, you can allow yourself to imagine the this loving kindness spreading throughout your body. Um, and as the breath is coming in, if you can visualize it coming to the center of your chest, uh, into the heart region. This is actually a beautiful practice when you do this. Um, so visualize the breath as as this warm ray of light or just light itself and gradually let it sweep over the body and uh, softly bring your attention to this area in the center of your chest or in the heart area. And then breathing in You can direct the loving-kindness, the wishes for loving-kindness, the wishes to be happy, the wishes, the friendliness. You can direct that to yourself, actively visualizing this movement of breath into the heart area. So you're really sort of moistening the heart. Does this make sense? Can you, let's just try it for a moment. Just close your eyes. And I'm not going to actually guide you. I'm just going to suggest to you that you think of what it would be like to feel love in your heart. Just imagine what it might feel like. And then as you breathe in, allow that Feeling of friendliness and goodwill towards yourself to just sweep over your body and then softly focus your attention on the center of the chest around the heart and allow these feelings of goodwill and friendliness to fill you up. And you might just repeat the phrase, may I be well and peaceful. May I be well and peaceful. And then as you exhale, let the mood, the resonance, of that wish the awareness of the loving kindness and the light or the warm rays however you're visualizing it let that spread outward over the body let it fill your mind and spill out towards other people as well So you breathe in this light, you breathe in this warmth, and you let it fill your body and feel it in your heart. And then as you breathe out, you just let it spread outwards throughout your body and your mind. Let it fill you. And let it spill out and over the boundaries of self and spread to others. So stay, stay with your eyes closed for a moment, and um, if you have any kind of um, difficult mind states going on for you right now, if there's any kind of negativity going on in your mind that makes you unreceptive to this, um, on the in-breath, you can breathe in the qualities of tolerance and kindness and forgiveness. So you're recognizing that you do have difficult mind states going on, and you're treating those with kindness. You're, you're just breathing in the qualities of tolerance. You can be with these things. You can be patient with these things. You can forgive yourself for having these mind states. You're not choosing to have them, they're just there. And you can actively use the breath as the means through which you are spreading this tolerance and forgiveness over the body. actually bringing it into your heart. And it's said that you can visualize the breath as having a healing color as well. That's sometimes helpful. So whatever a healing color would feel like to you. So as you breathe in, you're breathing in these qualities of tolerance and forgiveness Kindness, friendliness towards yourself. You might be imagining the breath as a certain color that feels healing. And then when you exhale, allow the exhalation to be a release. You're releasing stress and worry and all those feelings of negativity and extending that release throughout the body and mind just as you filled the body and mind with a sense of loving kindness before. So you can open your eyes if you like when you're ready. And I wanna emphasize again that um, this is basically, you're using your imagination here. You're actively engaging the power of the mind to visualize and to imagine certain things. So if on the exhalation you don't feel a release of the negative mind states, this isn't really important. What's important is that you get that there's the wish for the release to be there. The wish itself is the friendliness. You see what I'm saying? So it's so easy when you are being given instructions on how to practice metta to think that when you say, may I be free from worry and anxiety, that your worry and anxiety is going to go away. You know, it might, sometimes it might, but a lot of times it doesn't. But if you can connect with the deep wish that it, that you actually are free of worry and anxiety, that's where you're connecting with the metta. It's that feeling that comes in the heart. Does that make sense? And what I really love about this particular way of doing it is that um it's tied to the breath when when I simply just say the phrases "May I be free, may I be happy um it doesn't it doesn't work so well for me but when i and and That's not a complete instruction. So I'm not suggesting that people are teaching it wrong. I'm just saying that it was really important for me to get that. It's the intention of the phrase that you're saying. It's to get the wish for it. And then to tie it to the breath is really another way to skillfully use the breath as a way to focus the attention. So as you would note in and out or the counting of the breath you can you can use the breath in the same way but in this case you're infusing that that attention with this quality of loving kindness and friendliness does that make sense do you do who in the room Practices metta as a regular practice. Okay. All right. Say again? Irregular. An irregular practice. <laughs> Irregularly, yes. Okay. So, have you ever practiced it in this way where you tie it to the breath? You have. Yes, beautiful. Yeah it was kind of a new instruction for me when I when I got this I I had never realized it and I found it to be such a useful thing in the Tibetan tradition there's a practice uh, called tanglan which is a sort of like a giving and receiving practice and it's a little bit similar to this where you you're breathing in it's a compassion practice and where you're breathing in the difficulties and, and the suffering of another and as it touches you um, and enters you, it's sort of transformed into a healing wish that you then give out um, selflessly and, and compassionately. So it's this active use of the imagination where you're breathing something in and then breathing something out. It's beautiful. So you can use this mental practice for an entire meditation. You can sit down and just practice it as a regular practice. And the more you practice it, the more you will moisten the heart, the more you will open to those beautiful qualities. There's another way that you can use this practice as well. And when we sit down to meditate, we, we were talking about this last week, setting your meditation up. How do you set your meditation up? It's very effective. My Burmese teacher um, would frequently give the instruction to uh, practice about ten minutes of metta at the beginning of a of a session. You can just practice it as a way to calm the mind down, to to bring a calming attitude to the mind. So. Um, and I've seen people do that. I I, I saw I saw people uh, when I was in the monastery in Burma use lots of different techniques. One would be to do ten minutes of walking meditation before they would sit down to actually do a, a formal sitting meditation. So they would go out on what would be like a porch area or whatever and walk back and forth for 10 minutes and then they would come in and sit down just to, to sort of bring themselves into this space of meditation This to, uh, to awaken these qualities within themselves and to calm themselves down so um, using metta at the beginning of a meditation can be very effective it can um, it has a very calming effect and can begin to allow you to settle down. So um, this is something that we talked about last week, and this bears repeating, it's always important in every case to begin with what you're aware of, no matter how unimportant or trivial it might seem. So when we sit down, if we're even if we're doing a metta practice or we're doing, you know, an anapanasati practice, when we sit down, if our knee hurts or if we have an itch in the center of our back that we can't scratch, to pretend that we don't have that, to pretend that our knee is completely fine is a complete um, distraction. So, it's really important to let the mind rest with exactly what is present. And as we do that over and over again, we can begin to gradually cultivate a friendly feeling towards this. This is so important. So rather than fight with our experience, may I be happy, may I be free, but I'm, I'm feeling, you know, angry and upset about something and I'm saying these phrases and I'm just getting myself more and more worked up. You know, to just be present with the fact that I'm worked up, to meet that with a sense of honesty and kindness is the beginning of loving-kindness practice. So if you let the mind rest with what you're feeling exactly as it is, and you just allow it to be, you're, pract- you're cultivating this quality of tolerance and patience. You see, you're learning things that are really deeply important and that can affect your life um, at, at profound levels, and actually begin to transform the way that you are in relationship to your experience. So it's as simple as setting this up properly. Uh, That's not a very skillful way of saying, but it's important to meet your experience, whatever it is when you sit down to meditate, exactly as it is and then allow yourself to have a friendly attitude towards it. So, as an example, if you come in and you decide you're going to do 10 minutes of loving kindness meditation before you actually uh, try to settle down and your leg hurts or you you have an itch or you had an argument with your partner or whatever, you can't just turn that off. You have to allow that truth to be present. You have to meet that truth. And, and you'll see that it just comes and goes, that these things just come and go, and that this is really part of the experience that you're having at that moment. And to you know, try to ignore it or push it away and use the loving-kindness practice as a way to keep you at at an arm's length from that is, is not going to be very useful. So by allowing yourself to begin with exactly where you are and exactly what your meditation um, is revealing to you allows you to see the state of your mind, allows you to cultivate this quality of patience, allows you to... Be more and more tolerant of of the truth of your own experience. And, um, and that somehow um, conditions the mind to be more receptive to settling down. You're creating the conditions in which you can... St- you can begin to settle because you're not fighting with yourself anymore you're not in a re, uh, in resistance to your experience does this make sense yes okay so when you do this it's also important to recognize if if you're Feeling any sense of um, doubt, like "Oh, this isn't working. I'm never going to get this," or guilt about this, that, or the other thing, or if this is too much work, I'm just, I'm just going to drift. I'm just being. It's important to recognize if these qualities are coming up in your mind. You see, so by meeting your experience, by meeting the truth of what's going on when you sit down, you can sometimes see, oh, I'm being lazy here. I'm being, you know, I'm just not sure that I can do this or I don't believe that this is ever going to produce anything. What can I hope to get by just following my breath or saying these nice phrases to myself? So you begin to see what's what's present in the mind and when you begin to see what's present in the mind and when you're cultivating this wish for friendliness and when you're using the breath you know, as a way to anchor your attention to these wishes of friendliness, you can begin to address these, these habits of mind with kindness and friendliness. So one thing that becomes clear is that um, I I love this idea. When you accept the presence of what you dislike, this quality of peacefulness can actually turn into a kind of nourishing friendliness towards yourself. It seems counterintuitive, like I don't like this, this is really difficult, I want it to go away. But by resisting whatever it is that you want to go away, you seem to, we seem to get caught by it even more. By simply turning towards it and allowing it to be known, doesn't mean that we're accepting it or doesn't mean we're approving of it. Let's just say we sit down, we're angry, we've got a negative mind state. It doesn't mean we're approving this kind of thing. It simply means that we're acknowledging that it's present. And it's through this meeting and accepting of the presence of whatever the mind state is that we begin to feel peaceful. We begin how does this work? I don't know, but this is the way it seems to work. We begin to feel peaceful and this actually begins to create this quality of friendliness and kindness that we can, can experience for ourselves. And once we experience it for ourselves, we can let it spread out towards other people as well. But... The trick here, if there is a trick, is that we need to be patient and kind enough towards ourselves to actually encounter what it is that is so objectionable to us. Because it can be something very major, (laughs) or it can be something minor, it's a preference. I wish that things, I wish that the room was warmer, I wish that the room was cooler. And this can just really distract us. So, um, <clears throat> so it's by turning towards what is that we begin to um, feel the freedom of acceptance which is basically we're we're putting down the resistance, we're releasing. In all of these practices, uh, it's relinquishment that's being pointed to. And the relinquishment is that which we're holding on to in terms of expectations and preferences. You see, or that we're attached to it in some way or another. So the second noble truth is that there is a cause of suffering and that suffering is generally because we're clinging or attached to something or pushing something away, resisting something. And so in this case what what I'm pointing to is that when we sit down to meditate or when we, you know enter our day, um and we have this this habit of mind that says i want this or i want that i want this to be a certain way or or this is this is my expectation and if it doesn't happen i'm not going to be happy this is this is a setup for suffering if instead we can see that that's present you see we almost don't have to do anything about it other than to just recognize it and in the recognition, there can be a putting down or release, and when that happens, the heart will naturally respond with a sensitive quality. This, you know, we we can't make the heart be <laughs> responsive or, or sensitive. Uh, we can't make compassion, uh, you know on demand, all we can do is create the conditions in which compassion can arise. And so what happens when we are honest with ourselves in this way, is that we create space around these negative mind states. We, we create space for them to come and go as they are naturally given to doing. There's nothing that's permanent. So things come into our awareness and pass out of our awareness, and then something else comes into our awareness and passes out of our awareness. And when we're not holding on, attached to, and identified with these things, uh, there can be a natural movement. And and we can witness the coming and going of these states with a sense of acceptance and and that acceptance leads to a calming peaceful quality which is which nourishes us it it fills us with kindness and we can use the mind to actively visualize however we would imagine this as a a warm ray of light in the breath and let it just spread throughout our bodies and minds and let it fill us and let us delight in that kind of thing. So it's a practice. You can't just throw a switch and and have it happen, but you can certainly practice this and you can practice it with with patience and kindness and um, and you can practice it in stages. This is really important. You can practice it for a little while for yourself. And then, you know, you might practice it for a good friend. Then you might practice it for, you know, the person who's, you know, working at the post office or the checkout person at the supermarket, a neutral person. And then you can practice it for, uh, a difficult person, this is the traditional way that you would practice it for self or a benefactor self um, a loved one, friendly person, neutral person, difficult person, and then uh, allow it to spread to all beings but again it 's a practice that's done slowly and in stages, so um you can allow this practice to to um, fill you and expand and grow in you, and it actually is like a, a mo- this this gives rise to compassion, is what it does. So so the source for loving kindness and friendliness is the same source for com- kindness and compassion. It comes from the same source. It's almost like it comes from love or something. So um, when you think about that and you think about spreading love and kindness, it's also important to remember that you don't have to love everyone in the world in order to wish people well. You don't have to love me in order to wish me well. you don't have to love the Congress in order to wish them well <laughs> though it would be a lot easier in that case so this is this is also important because um there are all all sorts of con, like psychological considerations that would that might come into to play uh, where people might not feel safe wishing someone well or wishing them loving-kindness or they may feel vulnerable or something like that. Um, this wish is an unconditional wish. It's just a wish that it doesn't have any boundaries to it. And it's it's not like it's there's this much loving-kindness and, and then um, if you use this up, you're out of loving-kindness. So by simply allowing yourself to be um, honest with yourself about what your experience is, you can begin to expand this sense of happiness, of this sense of goodwill towards yourself and others um, in a very sort of pragmatic and methodical way. And this, this sense of kindness then broadens the mind beyond our personal perspective so what it helps us to do is to not just be focused on ourselves it helps us to see that um, we can have this wish for ourselves and allow it to spread out to other people and not be threatened by that does that make sense? <clears throat> so I think that's that's what I want to that's about as much as I want to say here. Um Because I think I've made the the, the point that um, w- when we cease tr- holding on to having things be the way we want them to be, we just naturally find ourselves to be more accepting of things the way they are. When we're more accepting of things the way they are, we're actually being friendlier towards ourselves. We're being kinder towards ourselves. And when we're able to be kinder towards ourselves, that spills out. And then I can be kinder towards you and towards you. And what that does is it basically awakens this beautiful quality of compassion within our hearts. It allows compassion. It allows the sensitivity of heart that is the expression of compassion to arise in our experience so those are some of my reflections on um, loving kindness practice just to recap here um, the one of the main points that I wanted to make here was that Loving kindness practice can be tied to breath practice, or breath meditation, in this very direct way. And you can actively use the uh, the qualities or the the technique of visualization and imagination in your meditation um, to uh, cultivate these deep qualities within yourself. So this is an, this is very skillful for some people. For other people, it's more difficult. Um, but you can actively visualize and imagine rather than to just simply observe and meet your experience. So that's just another skillful means, a way of focusing the mind. And... Um, by doing that, you, you cultivate patience and tolerance because you're going to meet the habits of your mind in the, the very same way that you would in other types of meditations. Um, and the more you're able to be honest with things as they're presenting to you in your meditation, the more you will be able to have a sense of... Um, genuine friendliness and kindness towards yourself. The more that happens, it seems that we are able to be kinder and friendly towards other people. And when that happens, the heart is moistened and this beautiful quality of compassion and the sensitivity of heart is a natural result. So we we are not forcing ourselves to be compassionate or making ourselves be compassionate. We're simply creating the conditions in which this kind of kindness can rise to the surface. So those are some of my thoughts. I don't know if anyone has any questions this morning, but if you do, we have a few minutes left. no Arthur Pardon
1: I always have a question. So um, um I've got some pain <clears throat> in my feet the last couple of days feet and lower legs it's mm-hmm. chronic and um right. And I'm having a difficult time with it, as I often do. Mm-hmm. And what I'm noticing, and your talk today really emphasized it. Here's what I'm seeing: mm-hmm. uh, uh, the thought somehow the thought in, in the meditation earlier arise. But I have plans. I have plans for today. This is not what I have planned. I I need to do these things. You have
0: plans other than the pain in your feet. The
1: pain, right? And the pain in my feet are in the way and. Um, it's, I can see clearly that, you know, it just, the pain in my feet is what's there. There's nothing I can do about it. can't change it. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a spaciousness, a quality that opens up. Mm-hmm. As soon as that happens, there's, this is what my question is about. The very first thing I see is that on the other side of that is, I don't know what that landscape looks like what the landscape there looks like. But the habit of mind is such that uh-huh. uh, uh, this is a little bit vague. I don't know what, what's there, and I don't like that, and I have a very strong reaction to that next piece of this step.
0: Okay, so I just for the purpose of my understanding, I I got lost in your description when you said... Something about the other side. The other side of what? So
1: when I when I recognize that um, you know I have plans and and it's clear to me, I can see clearly there's resistance mm-hmm. uh, to what's actually happening. Okay. And I I realize okay. So that, you
0: want you want to do something else besides have a day of painful pe- feet.
1: Well, that's in, I hadn't even thought. That's not my thought. <laughs> oh,
0: all right. all right. Well, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I, I, so I I see... Um, um, okay, the pain in the feet is what's here, not my plans. That's real. Um, and there's an acceptance of that. And there's some space around that when I accept it. Great. But very quickly, that space is followed by something else, which is, uh, okay, now my day looks different than I planned, Mm -hmm. and I immediately react very strongly, so there's a secondary
0: reaction, Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and that's not, there's not so much space around that.
0: Right. So why do you think that is? not a trick question. It's yeah, one no, that no, everyone no. would ask themselves. It's a legitimate yeah. question. A, this is a great example. Uh,
1: w- well, here in this space right now, I don't have an answer to that. Uh, it's something
0: it's a good it's a good question
1: and I will reflect on it later. I don't I don't know.
0: So when you say that Um, the day looking different than you planned um, uh, doesn't feel as good to you as the day that you had planned. Does that feel like a contraction of some sort? Yeah. Yeah. So would it be reasonable to say then that there could be some kind of holding on to some idea of things being one way instead of the other would that be reasonable it, it, yeah,
1: it's more than reasonable it it, it
0: it so it's what's happening okay so so now that's very interesting because at that point we're quick to jump in and judge ourselves oh I'm holding on how, how there it is I'm but you can also meet that experience with a sense of, wow, this holding is really causing me to be uncomfortable. It's really causing suffering. You see, instead of resisting the fact that you don't like that your day is looking differently, you with the truth of the fact that you don't like that your day is looking differently and that that is causing suffering. And when you see that suffering in that way, the heart is sensitive to that and the heart will respond with a kind of a compassionate response. Now, you might not feel all warm and gushy like sometimes compassion feels, but in fact, that's the value of meeting your experience exactly where it is. For our, of meeting your experience as it presents itself to you. Because until you do, until we do, let's not make it personal, but until we can do that, we're denying a part of ourselves. We're denying the truth of our experience and we are filtering what's actually going on and as long as we do that we're just on a like a gerbil wheel going around and around and around. We're doing the same thing over and over and over again. This is where kindness and compassion really comes in because of course who wants to have painful feet when you want to go out and do nature photography? and you need to walk around. I understand that completely. I also understand what it's like to want something and to have my preferences um, thwarted or frustrated. And that's the quality of suffering and that quality is a human quality. I've had that same experience and I'm sure that everyone in this room has had that very same experience. And so that's another way that compassion expresses, is, can express itself or can be known. It's like you see the common humanity in that very experience. And so that's some, this is a beautiful example of how by setting your meditation up properly, whether you're setting it up the way we were talking last week or whether you're setting it up using loving-kindness, allows you to be kinder and kinder and kinder, more and more loving, more and more genuinely loving towards yourself and accepting towards yourself than you ever could be before. And when that happens, you naturally... It's, it's just natural to feel more peaceful and calm. Does that make sense? It's just... Na- when you're not resisting, when you're not fighting with yourself, you can just feel... This is the way things are and I can accept this, you know, or this is the way things are and they're being accepted. It that space that's created around the knot of clinging, the knot of holding that contraction is is the meta, is the loving kindness, is this intention to be honest, to be friendly, to be you know, to to treat yourself with that kind of respect. It's a it's a subtle and nuanced thing, but it's that simple. So when you're giving an instruction like meta, this doesn't come so naturally to me as you may have figured this out. But um, it's a real practice for me to do the loving kindness practice because I I'm I tend to be more um, straight vipassana and. It's hard for me to use imagination and visual. It's not as natural for me to do it. But I really see the value in it. I, can, I see how you can use this as a skillful means to get to that very place. So my natural way would be to just see it. But I could get to that through using loving kindness. I could get to that place of seeing. Here's the resistance. Here's the suffering. Here's the root of it. It's nothing more than that. It's suffering right there. This is a good question, a good example. Thank you. Was that clear to folks? Did that make sense? Yeah, this is just a way that you can be really, truly, honestly kind to yourself and to see what's actually going on. Okay. Is is there any other questions? If there's not, we are at eleven o'clock, and I want to thank you all for your kind attention and for um, sitting here with me today. It's been a pleasure as always. I'm, I'm I'm speaking for myself, but I think I'm speaking for everybody. Would Would you use the mic? Would, no, we just want to thank you. Oh. Uh thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, May you all be well and happy, and may you all be filled with loving kindness. <laughs>